and welcome to the Good Leadership Podcast, where today we review the February 2024 Good Leadership Breakfast featuring Yurad Young. I'm Paul Botts, CEO and founder of Good Leadership. And I'm Kevin Sensenig, President and Chief Learning Officer of Good Leadership. We're an organizational effectiveness firm based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, and the Good Leadership Breakfast is the signature event of the firm that started 15 years ago as a small gathering of like-minded leaders and has grown into a dynamic force of leaders who are improving the way organizations operate because they know that goodness pays. So it's reasonable to ask, what do you mean by goodness? So, Kevin, can you explain that? Yes. As confirmed in our research, goodness is defined as when people thrive together in a culture of encouragement, accountability, and positive teamwork. And it's a thrive-together concept that creates the perfect platform for the coaching process we use to create team alignment, and the leadership development programs that we use to increase organizational capacity. So to get started, we need to thank Old National Bank for being the presenting sponsor of The Breakfast and this podcast. And, you know, honestly, if you haven't seen their TV ads, you just got to go Google them and find out. They showed a new one this morning. It was just absolutely hilarious. I mean, when that hockey player is standing in the banker's office, that was just ridiculous. And then the guy was talking about the check and he stood up and ran into the, the, the glass. It was just it was a perfect setup and a really nice way to introduce the partnership that Old National has with the Big Ten. Yeah. So it was a really good fit. And everyone was laughing. It was hilarious. Yeah. You know, it's just slight on the slight edge of being junior high boy humor, but man, oh God, it, it works. So, But everyone was laughing, so that was good. Uh, so Kevin, you flew in from your home in central Pennsylvania to do the breakfast and to be here for most of the week here. So what else is happening in your life these days? Yeah, it's been a busy time with uh, lots of business travel, some great client uh, events and situations we've been involved in. And it's been fun to see those clients really blossom and grow. And personally, doing extremely well, getting some time with uh, my older adult sons now, which is fun to see them growing up and interact with them very differently. Yeah, I flew in this week, too. Yeah. And Melinda and I make our home in the wintertime now on the western side of Phoenix. And it's funny how I did not like where I do not like working from my home here in Minneapolis. It just drives me crazy. I don't like it at all. But I love working from my home down in Phoenix. And Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, well, the, the energy of flying home and seeing the team here and getting together with all of our people and doing the breakfast today, uh, it was it was fantastic. I, I just, I loved it, and I'm excited to talk about Rodney Young. Mm -hmm. So let's just talk about that. So today was our 107th episode of the Good Leadership Breakfast, and Rod Young helped us kick off our spring series, where the theme this year is celebrating the magic of managers. The two other featured speakers in the series are Jeff Augustine, who's a VP of Global Business Services with Merck Pharmaceuticals, and Chris Fortman, who's the CEO of the Minneapolis Heart Institute Foundation. We chose the theme of celebrating the magic of managers because it fits right in with the mission of the good leadership in our firm, and that is to spread goodness through good leaders because we've proven goodness pays. And what's interesting about goodness is that without accountability, none of it really sticks together. Right. We consistently host about 200 leaders at, in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area of Minnesota at the Metropolitan Ballroom. And the program today featured the CEO of Delta Dental, uh, Rod Young. And before Ron spoke, we had a chance to collect some data from the audience and then do a short workshop on improving coaching within teams. And so that really helped the leaders in the room connect with one another and really be excited about the idea of celebrating the magic of managers and getting ready for Ron. Yeah, I don't know what was up today. It might be the early springtime or whatever, but the energy was just explosive today. I think we were up around 240 today. Okay. And uh, just everything about it, the the audience response uh, research we collected, um, all that stuff was really fun. I, it, 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 was, it was a great day. 
Yeah, and I think it was interesting to see how people responded to the polls that we did, the information they provided to us, and how they reacted in the workshop portion to the My Coaching Strategy tool around that coaching piece. And I think a couple of things I took away from the research portion we did was one reflecting back to how it tied into last year's research around the idea of accountability and the fact that most people look to their direct manager to really drive accountability within their team. And then the second thing that really stood out was that only about 50% of the participants today and in our outside research felt like they have a good pipeline of managers coming into their organization or moving through their organization. So an opportunity to really improve that sense of the value and importance of managers. And the third thing I took away was that when managers are addressing difficult situations or ineffective performance, are they doing it well in a way that builds confidence? And again, only about 40% of people said, yeah, our managers are really doing that well. It was interesting because our outside research surprised me. It said that about 78% of managers thought they were doing that well. So I did a little digging on that because that kind of surprised me. And what I found was that managers think they're giving that input really well. But when I talked to those doing employee engagement work, they say only about 34% of people feel their managers doing it well. So that disconnect was alive and well today in the conversation with the, with the audience. Yeah, and I, I think it's important. I, I, I feel a deep sense of purpose in bringing this topic up because literally managers have been ignored mm-hmm. in the literature, in the writing, in the training and directing. I mean, most more than half of managers get promoted into manager positions without formal training. Right. That just doesn't make any sense to me. So we're exposing that. We're diving into what it really means. And we actually got some really good uh, information from Rodney Young, our our CEO today. And it was very interesting about how he talked about the managers in their organization being sort of the glue and the key to their operations and delivering what they're doing. And I just thought his conversation lifted those people up. And so it'll be fun to get into that. Yes. Let's dig into what Rod shared and share some of our thoughts around that. What we do in this podcast, we refer to as the Monday Morning Quarterback, where we review some specific segments from the interview with Rod, and then Paul and I provide some comments and some perspective from our role as executive coaches and what we have heard and seen in the conversation. So any general thoughts as we start this process of your uh, thoughts around interacting with Rod and his approach to the conversation today? My only regret for podcast listeners is that they can't see him. Yeah. This is an extremely tall, athletic, handsome African-American male. He just made me feel like a dwarf. I mean, he's such a big dude, and he's got this energy about him, just complete command of the room. It it comes across a little bit in the audio, but not not the same. So I encourage you to go out and look at one of the pictures that's on the Internet. So let's just jump right in. Uh, We'll pick it up program where I opened. um, I always ask basically the same question. I ask people to reflect on our theme. Yeah, so you ask him to think about what is, comes to mind when he talks about or thinks about the magic of managers. First that comes to mind is co-owners of the success of the organization. Uh, so all of us have a, have a role to play from, a, from an ownership perspective. Um, I also think about uh, future leaders, future senior executives, future individuals like we have in our room today. Um, and I think about them as the... Uh, the real executors of whatever strategies uh, organizations have from that perspective. So those are the first things that come to mind for me. So it's important to know that um, he never answered that question for me when we did our coaching session to get him ready for the breakfast. And so I was, I was taking notes and curious, and I, I, I love how he phrased it. And um, it, that got us off to a really good start. What did you think of that? 
Yeah, it was interesting because this third one's around that managers are real executors in the organization. And I think that's where everyone goes naturally in their thinking about managers. But he started with two that really inspired me, that they're co-owners of the success of the organization. I like that co-owners concept. And he sees them as future leaders. So he's already given them an aspiration to live up to, which I think is really powerful in his leadership and his team perspective. And you and I have been doing this work a long time, and and I might be part of the problem because our firm is called Good Leadership. Right. I can't remember the last time I had CEOs in change management projects or anything stand up and celebrate their managers. They they seem to talk and celebrate their leaders, and they even they even celebrate frontline people. Mm. Seldom do you ever hear anybody celebrating the people managers. Yeah, it's a shame because I think they do get lost in that middle of the organization. They get kind of stuck between what leaders are aspiring to do and what employees are expected to deliver. And the managers make all those things happen, as Rod talked to. But you're right, they get overlooked in that conversation. Okay, well, let's move on to the second segment then. I I became a marketing manager. Uh, That was my my first role. I went from sales into marketing Uh as as a marketing manager, product developer Uh from that. And that was with 3M Corporation some some many years ago. So, yeah. And so, uh, thinking about this topic we're talking about, what did you learn in that first manager job that translates today? Preparation is job one. You, okay. you have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you have to be willing to take some calculated risk mm-hmm. to, to do some things from that perspective. And uh, you have to approach it with positive energy, positive respect for those that you work mm-hmm. with. Uh, and from a marketing and sales perspective, it was all about the clients and about the business from that perspective. I was working really uh, hard with him. Um, there were some distractions going on in the room, and so you were paying attention to what he was yeah. saying. I was interviewing. So you, you tell me, what did you get out of that? Yeah, I like the way he framed it with those four key points. So, And I like the way it went from him thinking about himself and how he shows up, then how he connects to others, and then how it's external focus. So it was uh, preparation is job one and take calculated risks, how he approached his role as a manager. And then it was about the positive energy, bringing what that energy and respect brings to others, and it was an always being client Focus. So I thought that was a really nice way he framed that uh, for any manager. Well, the part that I liked the most was the preparation. It's amazing to me how many people today are using their inbox and their calendar as their to-do list. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't leave any time unless you put in your calendar, prepare for my one-on-ones. Right. And so, you know, preparation is a mindset. Uh, I see it. I, I see it more often in people who are like musicians who had to rehearse things and also athletes that they knew they had to practice. You had to shoot so many free throws and otherwise you're not good at free throws. Right. But it's really fascinating how he started with preparation. Magic to my ears. Well, we always talk about the importance of priorities and prioritization. And I think if you don't prepare well, then you can't prioritize well. And so to your point, the calendar ends up taking over your day and you never really accomplish your true priorities. Yeah, working really hard and not really getting the right things done. Yeah. Okay, so um, one of the things I really liked about working with Rod is he's kind of a man of few words. He says a lot. He's brief. So let's move on to the next segment. Sure. Well, let's talk a little bit about manager consistency and sort of the state of accountability at Delta Dental. So when you're, what are you expecting that your managers do consistently to ensure the best possible results? Um, I, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm pretty confident that... that um, the majority of our manners, uh, our, man- our manners, our managers have manners, but our managers yeah, yeah. are uh, respectful for their team members. Um, they are reliable. They're dependable. 
Um, and and the, the, the largest thing that we talk about, and it's, it's not unique to Delta, but is to treat individuals uh, the way you prefer to be treated. Mm-hmm. It's kind of simple, but, yep. but if, if you want to be treated with respect, you demonstrate respect. If you want to have someone we talked about accountable, if you want to hold someone accountable, you need to be held accountable from, from that perspective. But reliable, determined, committed, those are all things that I, I think about when I think about our, our leadership and our management team. Yeah, that was interesting because as he went into that answer, he kind of stumbled on that idea of mentors and managers. And, well, we have mentors too, but we're really talking about managers. I actually think that was an interesting connection because as he described managers, he described good mentors, respectful, reliable, committed, uh, willing to be accountable. So it was interesting that, uh, well, he kind of viewed it as a, a misstatement. It actually was really profound in his answer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, I love the focus on reliable and dependable. Yeah. Because that's what consistency is all about. And so, um, yeah, it was, it's interesting. He, he cares deeply about these subjects, but one of the things you and I are discovering in the work that we're doing is that when we start talking about accountability and the role of managers, these are a lot more ambiguous subjects than people are used to talking about. And I was watching his brain work and he was calculating every word that's coming out of his mouth. It's really interesting. Well, I think that uh, maybe it's that aspect that you said earlier, that a lot of times people get promoted to manager positions without any formal training. And so they come in trying to understand why well, I think I'm supposed to show up like this. And it actually starts off their career in management and then leadership almost at a detriment. They're, they're trying to understand what they think they should be. So they start doing very valuable things often, but never really thinking about how they got there. So then you ask these questions to someone like Rod at a very advanced level of leadership, it's like, I never really thought about the connection point. I just kind of learned those as I went along. So this is an interesting perspective on maybe what we're, maybe a challenge we have of not developing managers effectively at the beginning may have that challenge of them really connecting deeply with some of these concepts later. Yeah. And I also have a, there's another lens by which to look at and listen to these conversations. He is very much a values-based guy. Yeah. Every part of his leadership and how he carries himself emanates a values-based approach. And those are the hardest things to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because I think he viewed them so personally. Like, they are just who he is and what he does. He gave examples throughout the conversation about, well, this is just how I show up. This is just how I do it. Why wouldn't anyone do that? It was almost like kind of all shucks. I mean, that's just the way it's supposed to be. Doesn't anyone do that? And so I think you're right. It's, it becomes so ingrained in who he is has become, he doesn't even think about how unique and different it is. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is the success habits yeah. that we mine for him. And, and, and I've been doing this work for a long time and asking these questions. And we, we feel success habits are important to give these speakers. We want to give them something back for all that they give us. And for our listening audience here, the way we get these success habits is we uh, interview three people who work very closely with our speakers and they tell us what they perceive in this case, Rod's success habits to be. And most of the time when we tell our speakers what we found out, they gush out of almost embarrassment. There's a level of modesty. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, shucks, you know, that feels really, really good. And it, often we have to really work with them to describe exactly what do they mean by this and how can other people learn to do it. And there was a little bit of that going on in this conversation here. So let's cut to that now. Before we go to that, oh, let's explain what a success habit is. Yeah. So it's something that you've observed about my leadership that you think is really effective and you see me use it over and over and over again because it really works. 
And often people will say, oh, yeah, I learned that one thing from Rod. I'm going to do that forever. Right. And those kind of fit into the success habit categories. Yeah, great. Thank you. We learn, we ask people to tell us, what have you learned from Rod that you think works so well for him that you would want to do this if you jumped into a new role? So a success habit. I do it over and over again because it really works. So the first thing they told us was this. You treat employees like real people first. So when I ask, well, why do you do that? It seems obvious, right? But literally, why, do you, why is that important to you? How do you do, and then specifically, how do you do it? So coming, coming up in, in my career, I'm, I made a commitment that I always would like to learn. And there's things that you learn positive that you want to emulate and replicate and copy and do mm-hmm. that and things mm-hmm. that you want to mm-hmm. avoid. And so coming up in, in corporate, I said, I want to make sure that, that I, I, I want to be treated well. Therefore, I want to treat everyone mm-hmm. else that, mm-hmm. that, that well. And so that's how we are. We, we, again, it's, I don't mean to simplify it, but it is pretty that basic, and I got that from my mom and dad. So yeah, so let, let's, let, can, you, can you give me one example of what that might look like? Because, I mean, you know, everyone's agreeing with this, and we all want to get better at this. So, you know, can you give us an idea about how to get better at it? Um, I, in, my, in my experience, to get better at anything, you have to be very intentional. Mm-hmm. I can give you an example of, of me being the person that, that we... And again, I have a few of our team members here. I didn't make them come, by the way. They decided to come. So, in, in fact, our chief legal officer never gets up this early, and she's here. So, yeah. So, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, and she would agree with that. Um, uh, I, I heard one of our administrative assistants in the, in, in the hallway uh, comment that I speak to her every morning when I come in the office. And I was like, wow. That's, and, and she was very excited about that. And she reported that as something that she really enjoyed about working for Delta Dental. And, and that's just natural. And mm-hmm. that's just treating people like they're people. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So what did you hear in that, Kevin? I heard the intentional part. And then it really came alive when he gave the example. And I think that humbleness came through that I saw him at the very beginning. He was humble and genuine. But I'm just like, I shouldn't probably talk about myself, but you forced it out of him. You said, you got to give us an example of this. And his example was powerful. Mm-hmm. And it brought it alive. But he really struggled to share his own example to that. Yeah, I got feedback at one point in my career that I just kind of ran in from the front door into my office. I was focused and I, I like to work with a sense of urgency and I was getting right to my to-do list. And I didn't even realize people were a little miffed that I wasn't stopping to say, good morning, how are you doing? And so I was like, oops, all oh, darn it. I had a really good HR manager at that time. And I was like, well, duh. Yeah. So, you know, what did it take me two and a half minutes to walk around and say, hey, good morning. How was the game last night? You know, and actually added value to my day. So, right. you know, um, good for him. You know, obviously, I, I totally believe it. I, I, I wanted to ask, well, how many people do you say hi to? Right. It's, it's a big right. company. So. Anyway, it was it was good. It was that was off to a good start. But what I took from that was he said it was one of the administrative assistants who I think, from how I read into his comment about that, she would expect him as a CEO to just walk by her desk and go right to his office. And I think that was the connection he was making about the intentionalness. Mm-hmm. He probably talks to his executive team members every day and asks them how they're doing. Mm-hmm. But as people that normally would get overlooked in the organization, he makes it a point to be intentional to call them out. I think that's really valuable. Awesome. Yep. Let's go on to the second one. Well, the second one is that you spend time listening to diverse perspectives before speaking. 
And it's, it's also interesting that we use that model that we introduced today because that's what that's all about. So tell me more about, you know, why do you think this is important and how do you do it? Yeah. I should butt in here and say part of what we do at the breakfast is we do a workshop. Right. We were introduced one of our good leadership coaching tools and you introduced uh, a coaching model based on the neuroscience of leadership, four different types of conversations. We could do a podcast just about that one tool, but that's what we were referring to there. And we were encouraging people to plan ahead for their manager conversations. That's what that was about. So let's cut back into the conversation. Great. Thank you. Again, it goes back to everyone matters. Everyone's part of the team. Yep. We're, we're, we're part of a team. And what I found by, and, I, and if we're sitting at this table, I'm not picking on you guys, but if we're sitting at this table, I'd have to hear from each of you before I weigh in. And what I learned in early on in my career, if the person that's supposedly in charge says something, it blunts what the other folks are saying around the table. Uh-huh. And so if you get a chance, now it doesn't mean I agree with everything, and, and ultimately, uh, but it, it, it has turned out to be both empowering for the team members that uh-huh. are there uh-huh. and valuable for me because you do hear diverse, and go, hey, I never thought about that. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's again, pr- pretty basic but very effective. Yeah, and so it, it, once again, these are what this is what your people are saying you do really well. So that's why I love this conversation. So what did you hear in that one, Paul? What I'm thinking is this. How many times have we told that listening is powerful, listening is better than talking? And in that model that we just talked about, it's about asking questions and really letting people express themselves. And I do think it is best practice for most CEOs I've worked with that are high, very high-performing they frame topics, ask a question, and let people talk it out. And often, as a CEO, I know, and even running our business here, often I don't even have to do anything after my team has discussed it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think he did it, he explained that in a very high-value way, yeah. in a way that's very thoughtful. And I, I just really appreciated how he answered that question. Yeah, I'd build on the piece you just added to the conversation. I think it's really important that high-performing executives frame the topic. So I think he, I'm sure he does that. He just talked about listening to everyone before he gives his opinion. But I think without that framing of the topic, that people know where to lean into the conversation and kind of where to take the discussion, it can feel very intimidating for the for the person who's being asked to feed into that. So I do think it's really important that framing piece is in place. Good. So um, my favorite one was number three. So let's listen to that. The final thing here is uh, consistently promote the importance of team. You have this phrase, together we can. So you already said you say it 500 times a day, so let's, let's talk a little bit more about that. What are you thinking? Well, it goes back to um, team play, um, championships, mm-hmm. quest for championships, um, important objectives, business objectives, health mm-hmm. objectives. It goes to, to things that have to be accomplished. None of us I, I got to, maybe there's somebody in the room, I'm not sure, but I got to believe none of us have been successful by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so we have a, we, it, it's our mantra, together we can, whatever we're facing, whatever mountain we're climbing, whatever we're doing from that perspective, we can do it together. Well, Paul, you always use the phrase, nothing significant happens alone, which I think played right into what he just shared. So again, how are you reflecting on that comment? You said this is one of your favorite success habits that he shared. So we are experiencing, uh, I think, a historic shift in how work gets done. Um, The hierarchical chain of command organizations, they're just falling out of favor. And we've shifted over to a highly collaborative teams of teams 
uh, let's get along, let's work together kind of culture. Even, you know, the people who are working from home or sole proprietors are going to places where there are other people that they can, you know, bounce ideas off of. Right. Things like like that. Co-lo- so, co-location places, co-working spaces. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's sort of a tough it out individual kind of, you know, I'm going to own this and get it done. And there's there's some honor in that. But we all know that the highest performing organizations are, are filled by people who routinely make each other better. Mm-hmm. Your strength adds strength to my strength. We complement one another, and it it has to be cultural, and it's very clear that he is driving this "we have to do things together" kind of culture. And it, it was, I thought he said it very well. Yeah, I his tagline "Together we can" really summed it up nicely because he talked about the power of team. He talked about his team members in the room with real passion and real interest and real desire. And so that I thought really brought it together nicely that team environment. So as we uh, round out this part of our podcast, I always ask the same question to all of our speakers, and I ask them to really think about how do they know that goodness pays for sure for them in their leadership, and I really enjoyed how Rod approached this question. Uh, I'm going to I'll give you two, two components of an answer. My, my first executive, my first vice president job with Baxter International again several years ago, um, I asked the, the executive vice president that I was going to report to, how would he know if I'm doing okay? And um, he, he, he said, Rod, I'll hear about it. He said, I'll hear how well you're doing or how well you're not doing in, in that process. And so we, we listen. Um, part of, I, I think, one of the, the skill sets that I try to maximize is, is listening. Mm-hmm. And so we listen, and walking down the hallway, I heard that, that administrative assistant say, say that from that perspective. And we also have a culture of feedback. We have a culture of, of connectivity that, that um, um, and we, in my executive team, those that are directly part of our world, my world, they call it like it is. Mm-hmm. They, they tell me what, what's going on and say, Rod, I think you would want to know this, or, or can we think about it this way mm-hmm. and, and from, from that perspective. So mm-hmm. we have an open channel of communication. Mm-hmm. I guess that's one of the, the first things I'm trying to say. It's about sure. open channel of communication. And then culturally, um, we get some pretty direct feedback about, about who we are and, and, and how we operate. And for the most part, um, we've we've done we've we've done pretty well from from the feedback I get, and and Melissa from Dorsey is here and she's there, she's our HR. I'm calling out all these names because these people showed up and I didn't know they're going to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 working with her and I only say that because from a from an HR perspective, mm-hmm. from a human resource perspective, um, we've been. I, I think we've gotten some pretty good check marks about how how we operate as an organization. Mm-hmm. And so the goodness is there. I sure in a heck hope it's there because that's part of the core of who I am and part of the core of the executives that we have in our organization. Yeah, I can, I can guarantee you it's there after spending this time together. So let's give it up for Rod Young. Okay, so the way he answered this question, there wasn't a real story that had a point to it. Basically said, here's how I know people in my organization are real with me and they're real with each other. Yeah. And so think about it as the opposites. If people were fake with each other all the time, they wouldn't get along. They wouldn't perform well. Their reputation would not be good at all. Nobody really want to work there. I just, I really admired how he answered that question. No one's ever answered it that way before. 
Yeah, I, I'm glad you framed it that way because I was as I listened to it the first time, and then to, just again as we're going through this, he really came back to the culture thing in both answers. But I think it's that that point exactly. It's a culture of openness, commitment to one another, and care for one another. And so that was a really nice way to frame that. Thank you. So uh, we're almost done. Um, thinking on our experience that we had with Rod, we spent about two hours with him. So what were your takeaways on being in the presence of CEO Rodney Young? I'm going to go back to a couple of early things. That idea of preparation and taking calculated risk is really important as a manager. And so to do that, you have to treat managers as co-owners of success. I think that's just a really key theme. We talk about celebrating the magic of managers. One of the greatest ways to do that is to treat them as co-owners of success. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. And also, I've been doing this breakfast now. This was our 107th episode. We have had a whole bunch of different kinds of leaders. And the ones I remember the most are the ones that had a presence that made me feel something. Mm -hmm. And he had this presence about him. I, I just felt like we were both more confident together. I just felt like... We could have listened to him for two hours. And, you know, presence and positivity matter. Mm -hmm. And this guy could be the poster child for that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Paul, you always talk about realism before positivity, and he brought that to the table. He was very realistic, but very positive how he genuinely put that across to everyone. So thank you for joining us today on the Good Leadership Podcast. It was the debrief of Rodney Young, who's the CEO of Delta Dental, at our meeting today. If you missed the Good Leadership Breakfast in person and like to watch the video, it'll be posted on our social media and the Good Leadership website later this week. As a reminder, our firm, Good Leadership, is an organizational effectiveness coaching firm. We exist because everyone knows you can't have an effective organization without good leadership, and you can't have good leadership without goodness. You can find information on about our past and future breakfasts by following us on LinkedIn, joining our email list, or by searching our website, goodleadership.com. We'll continue our spring series on Friday, April 5th, featuring Jeff Augustine, who's the VP of Global Business Services at Merck Pharmaceuticals. Kevin? And thank you for investing in yourself. Uh, This podcast is just one of the many resources for self-directed learning inside of our Good Leadership Essentials program to develop greater leadership capacity in organizations. And as we talked about celebrating the magic of managers, it really ties into our Managers Essential program of helping managers build those core skills to be effective in leading, coaching, and managing in your organization. So the mission of the Good Leadership Breakfast and our firm is to spread goodness through good leaders because we've proven goodness pays. Have a great week, everyone. And as you think about your own leadership, what do we want everyone to remember, Kevin? Goodness pays. Yes, goodness pays. Goodness pays.